Welcome to episode 21 of the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. I'll bring you two live recordings from Costa Rica, including our second Beachcast, an interview with the amazing CEO of a multi-million dollar internet success story, Mr. Ron Caparelli of LifeScript.com. So relax and enjoy the Costa Rica beach, and we'll get rolling with your internet marketing fix. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever and whenever this podcast finds you, thank you so much for joining us for episode number 21. If this is your first 10 Golden Rules Internet Marketing Podcast, welcome aboard. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe for free at iTunes or listen to each show at 10goldenrules.com. Just click on Podcast. We have three different recordings to share with you today. And don't miss the interview with Ron Caparelli, the CEO of LifeScript.com. He was an ex-VP at iVillage and the Executive Vice President at eDiets.com. He has a real phenomenal internet resume, so definitely stick with us to the end of the show and listen to Ron. The team from 10 Golden Rules has some great live from the blog segments, including a first entry from Allison, and we have a great blog of the week. We record the show live in one take, so I apologize in advance for any slight bumps or audio squeals. In fact, you might hear a little pitter-patter of rain. Down here in South Florida, it's a little rainy. Those of you who are golf fans know that Tiger Woods has rained out at Doral this weekend. So enjoy the show, and once a month, or once every three, four weeks, I'm going to ask you to just do a small favor for me. If you enjoy the show, please take a minute to give us a rating on iTunes, or go to Podcast Alley and give a vote for the show. And if you're planning an event, please think of us for a speaking engagement. So just search 10 Golden Rules, that's the number 10 Golden Rules at iTunes, and give us a vote. Share some love. We'd love it. And one last request, please join in the two-way conversation. Call our K7 audio line. The digital recorder will record your call, just like an answering machine. It's really, really easy. Leave us a question or comment. You'll see as you're listening to the show how great it is when we get um, audio contributions from the community. It really makes the show alive and you know gives it a, a sort of two-way kind of feedback. So I'd love you to participate. The digital line is 206-888. 6606 or or give me an email at j at 10goldenrules.com we have a couple calls this week and we'll get to those right away just some quick updates first i wanted to share a really exciting event i was a part of this week along with a couple other past presidents of local associations we're forming the global interactive marketing association you can find a website at globalima.com. Our goal is to create a worldwide organization that will support and add value to the local IMA groups. Help organizations get started. Help new IMAs get started in different regions. We're going to develop international certification and education programs and training. We're going to develop a global awards program. 
and we're going to become a leader for the ethical practices and standards for the industry. That's one of the areas I'm really excited about. So if you're interested in hearing more about how you can get involved in the first ever board of directors for the global IMA, please give me a call at 10 Golden Rules, the contact info is on the website, or email me, jay at 10goldenrules.com. Next, let me tell you where we can meet up in the next coming months. On April 10th, I'll be speaking at the Legal Marketing Association in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We'll feature a bunch of ways you can drive traffic to a lawyer website and convert those visits into leads. On May 7th, I'm speaking at AdFed, and on June 3rd, I'm at the Specialized Information Publishers National Conference in Washington, D.C. We'll be organizing a marketing meetup networking dinner on June 2nd, so please get in touch if you're going to the conference or you live in the D.C. area. And finally, I'll be speaking at eBay Live in Chicago. If you're one of the 10,000 attendees, we'll do another marketing dinner on June 19th. So please get in touch. We'd love to meet you live and in person. Next up, let's get to our first call. And here's Mark. Jay, how are you? It's Mark from New Jersey. I'm an up-and-coming affiliate eager for information and knowledge. I've truly, truly enjoyed your podcast. I discovered you from the Affiliate Summit, which I found on the internet, and a comment you made at the, uh, at the keynote with Jason Calacanis. Really enjoyed hearing you there and then uh, moved over to find your website and have truly, truly been enjoying your podcast. I listen to them all the time, all day, every day, and uh, you're really up to great, great work. I really appreciate uh, everything you've got to add. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Enjoy the podcast, and hopefully I'll meet you in person at an event soon enough. Thank you. Hey Mark, thanks for the call. If you're listening, give me a quick email with your blog or website address so we can add it to the show notes. And in future, if anyone calls in, just give us your, uh, you know, spell out your website address or your blog, anywhere we can get in touch with you and put a link in our show notes. This is a great way to get a link from a relevant, highly ranked website. I have to play a short audio portion to set up the next call. Those of you who listened to our last interview, we interviewed Jason Calacanis, the founder of Mahalo. So let me play a section of that interview to set up the next call. That's cool. And he keeps getting more praise. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like, you know, yeah, you can get attention. <laughs> well, you but... get the spotlight, you better have something good. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Everybody's okay. okay? You guys may not know what just happened, but we had a wheelchair crash into the table. It was unbelievable. That was the first. Exciting live interview factor. Wow. If only that was on video. You guys don't even know what you missed. license has been revoked. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, thank you. Here we go. I'll edit it. Sorry about it. You start to mention the SEO conference, and it caused a real firestorm. You've been pretty outspoken against SEO. What's your point? Okay, so that was from our interview with Jason Calacanis in episode number 20. And here's a call-in we got this week uh, on the K7 audio line. Hey, Jay. This is Auction Wally. By now, you know I was a fan. I commented when I thought I could go add something to the mix. But uh, things really took a twist for me in episode 20 which started off to be a great show before you and Jason Calacanis teamed up to victimize that poor crippled scooter attorney. It's pretty obvious that you shouldn't have placed your table in the place where his medicot was going to end up, and truth be known, you're going to be lucky if he doesn't sue you for every pod penny you've made, my friend. I can see him getting awarded double damages 
for the embarrassment of being the focus of the funniest thing to happen on the podcast, too. So if he needs a witness, he can reach me at auctionwally.com. I heard it all, and I have it saved in convenient MP3 format. That's right. Oh, yeah, and you owe me for the rib I busted laughing. I don't know if I'll be tuning in to future episodes. I'll be in touch. Thanks, Wally. That's hilarious. Okay, I need to set up the next audio. Um, I was walking on the beach in Costa Rica. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts. It's called For Immediate Release. You can find it on iTunes or at forimmediaterelease.net. And I got some really awesome news. So here's an edited cut of the show I was listening to on the beach in Costa Rica. FIR 317. Every Monday and Thursday, Neville Hobson and Shell Holtz report on the convergence of online technology, new media, communication, and business. And now, with today's report, here are Shell and Neville. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Forum Media Release, the Hobson and Holtz Report. This is show number 317 on Thursday, February the 7th, 2008, with me, Neville Hobson, in Wokingham, Berkshire, in England. And this is Shell Holtz in Concord, California. And now we come to uh, a pleasant, a pleasant uh, task that Shell and I have to do, which is to announce the winners of the FIR Listener Contest. Uh, just to remind you, this was a, an event we announced at the beginning of January, uh, where we asked you if you'd like to answer a simple question, uh, you could win a copy of How to Do Everything with Podcasting, uh, the book that Shell and I did uh, that was published in the summer last year, 2007, uh, by McGraw-Hill. And so we decided to um, uh, offer one copy uh, to three people, uh, depending in which part of the world you happen to be in. So there'd be a winner in North America, there'd be a winner in Europe, and a winner in the rest of the world. Uh, pretty broad geographies, uh, our arbitrary divider. We had some terrific entries to the question, which was simple one. It was a simple question. Here it was. It was, I think a podcast will help my organization or my client because... It was that simple. Just to answer that uh, in any way you wanted, uh, the blog and our own sites would give, give you all the variety of ways you could communicate with us to send in your entry. And we did have some terrific entries. Uh, the judging uh, was done by uh, Shell and myself, plus, of course, our team of uh, contributors to FIR, our regular correspondents, uh, including Dan York, Lee Hopkins, David Phillips, Eric Schwartzman and Sally Getch. I contributed their views on this. So it was um, an interesting exercise for everyone. Uh, we had some simple criteria for voting, nothing complicated. And uh, so we have three winners, to cut a long story short. And uh, I'm going to tell you who they are, and you're going to hear their entries uh, in a second. Uh, but we had, uh, covering the rest of the world, uh, Jonathan Bishop in South Africa, uh, in Europe, we had Sabrina Dent, uh, who called in her entry from Ireland. And in North America, there were multiple entries. And that was a tight uh, judging exercise. And the winner by a near whisker is Jay Berkowitz in the United States. So um, we are very pleased to, uh, to tell you all this news. And uh, we'll be getting in touch with each of those winners to get the mailing addresses so we can ship them. Uh, copies of How to Do Everything with Podcasting. Uh, so uh, let's hear from our first winner. 
Hi, Sheldon Neville. This is Jay Berkowitz from 10 Golden Rules, and this is my audio entry for your contest. We've had an amazing time with the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast, and we've been asked to help two groups I'm involved with develop their own podcast, the Chamber of Commerce and the local Interactive Marketing Association. I think a podcast will help these organizations in the following ways. First of all, it's a great way to build community. Your podcast is certainly an example, as you serve as the audio hub for the global PR community. There's two main reasons people join these organizations. Number one is to network, and number two is for education. A podcast can enhance virtual networking for the organizations by recording people at events and through call-ins and links. It'll be a great way to serve the education goal of the organization by recording presentations from networking events or through interviews with the speakers held before or after the events, it will help promote education throughout the organization. Podcasts will also be a great way to profile member businesses through feature interviews. Podcasts will serve as a tool to promote upcoming events. And last, but certainly not least, a podcast can enhance the profile of the group and serve as a marketing tool for the organization. Guys, thanks so much for your dedication to entertaining and educating me twice each week. Your show's been a huge inspiration for 10 Golden Rules. I can't thank you enough. So naturally, of course, it was that last comment that won Jay the prize, uh, Shell, wasn't it, really? Yeah, sucking uh, up no, works, you know. <laughs> no, seriously, that, that, that was terrific. A terrific cause, nicely presented, uh, and a worthy winner. It was a tough one, that voting for the North American entries, because we had some terrific entries. But Jay uh, got it through by a near whisker. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. And I received my book, How to Do Everything with Podcasting. And in fact, I already had purchased a copy. So the book has gone over to Kate Volman from the Chamber of Commerce. And we're going to be tutoring Kate a little bit on how to get her podcast started. And we're going to record short audio segments. So if you're interested in how, in how to do everything with podcasting, first off, buy the book. And second, stay tuned to our show. And we're going to take you through uh, the development of a new Chamber of Commerce podcast. So next up, let's get to my Beachcast, recorded later that day in Costa Rica, right after I heard the great news. Okay, so I'm just going to wrap up. I'm going to summarize, and then oh, the question Audio problem, so, sorry. Golden rule number one, we saw the e-diets example, where we tested two different models. We tested a six-step sign-up versus a three-step. The six-step beat the three-step. Then we tested a new six-step, so lots of testing. Uh, the new rules of the Internet is it's very inexpensive, very fast to do testing. Rule number two, the Internet is not television, much more like direct marketing. Okay, live recording, small problem there. Now we're going to get to the Beachcast. second 10 Golden Rules Internet Marketing Beachcast, coming to you from a gorgeous location in Costa Rica. It's in the Papagayo province, Guanacaste, Costa Rica. And we did a presentation yesterday, and I'll share the Q&A session we taped or digitally recorded after the 10 Golden Rules presentation. And I thought I'd just share some of the things that are sort of current topics, top of mind. The first thing was some exciting news I just discovered on a walk on the beach. And the second thing, I'm going to teach you how to read your customer's mind 
And the third thing I'm going to talk about is testing. And so just a little earlier today, I was walking on the beach and I had my iPod and I just wrapped up a, listening to a podcast by Mitch Joel, The Six Pixels of Separation. And I turned to for immediate release, the Hobson and Holtz Report. And as I was listening to the podcast, they started talking about the winners of a contest they offered, giving away their book, How to Do Everything with Podcasting. And the contest was judged by Shell Holtz and Neville Hobson, the authors of the book and the hosts of the podcast, and their regular contributors, Sally Getch, Dan York, and Lee Hopkins from the lovely Adelaide Hills of Australia. And I had entered the contest several weeks ago and hadn't given it much thought since I sent in an entry. And the entry was talking about what you would do with a podcast and you could win a copy of the book. And I was very pleased to find out I was the winner of the book, How to Do Everything with Podcasting. So I was very, very excited and um, doing the Tiger Woods fist pump as I was walking down the beach. And I think everyone thought I was a little weird, as they probably do right now. Uh, as I'm podcasting here, walking down the beach. So uh, exciting news, and a big thank you to Shell and Neville, and I'll dump the audio from that podcast, and we'll play a little bit of that and, and share that with you, probably on this show. So the second topic I promised to share you is um, how you can read your customers' minds. And there's two really great tools that can tell you what's on your customers' minds, and these are tools that tell you what keyword terms they're searching for on the Internet. With over 60 billion searches being conducted each month, and over 90% of major purchases are now being researched online, so your customers are looking for your goods and services. And there's two tools. One of them is called Word Tracker, and one of them is from Trellian. It's called Keyword Discovery. And these tools will tell you which words your customers are using to search and what they're looking for. And then you can add those words to your website. So you come up on the left-hand side of Google searches and other searches, and you can also create a pay-per-click campaign to come up on the right-hand side. So Word Tracker is really easy to use. It has a free trial, and if you put in a word that represents your business, like if I put in internet marketing, it would tell me all the other words that are similar and coming up in similar searches for internet marketing. So a great tool that allows you to read your customer's mind. And the last thing I, I thought I'd talk about a little bit was testing, and it's a topic that came up yesterday in our Q&A. And it's also a topic that is very, very important in our business. And when we interviewed Avinash Kaushik, the author of Analytics, An Hour a Day, in episode four, 18 of this podcast, uh, we talked a lot about testing. And so I wanted to talk about setting a, a schedule, perhaps a weekly schedule or a monthly schedule, where you're going to test different things on your website. So maybe offer a free ebook download with a newsletter sign up, or offer a free brochure, or offer a free gift with purchase if you have an e-commerce website, and send half the traffic to your regular homepage or landing page, and send half the traffic to one of these test offerings. And at the end of a week or at the end of a month, you'll see which one's performing better. Now, there's also a couple more sophisticated ways to do testing. And one of them is using a free tool from Google called Google Optimizer, or another tool called Optimost from theoptimost.com. It's a separate company. And the, these tools will allow you to do what's called multivariate testing. So you could actually test different offers, different headlines. You could test different pictures. You could test different buttons and call-to-action buttons and button colors. And each of those would be shown randomly. 
and at the end, again, of, of enough of a time period to have statistical reliable results, say a, a week if you have a lot of traffic or a month if you don't have quite as much traffic coming to the site, you'd know which combination worked the best, which headline, which picture, which button uh, accomplished the most. So um, with that, I'll probably just wrap this little session up. See, it's about just about six minutes. Nice little beach cast. can highly recommend Costa Rica if you want an environmental vacation. I'm going to try and download. There's these amazing monkeys that come by the pool every day, and they have lunch by eating the leaves on the tree right in front of the pool, and it's just off the beach. And, and I'm going to try and download that video, and I'll, I'll attach it to this podcast just to give you a little bit of flavor for... Uh, the beautiful natural resources here in Costa Rica. And with that, I'll wish everyone um, a great winter. I hope you get down south at some point. If you come to Florida, come come visit us. And if you get a little bit further, send us some pictures and, and a, a call in from your vacation. Okay, next up is the live Q&A for my presentation in Costa Rica. If you haven't seen the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing presentation, I left the concluding sum up section in the audio so you can hear me sum up the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing. And if you're interested, there's a full PowerPoint deck of the 10 Golden Rules presentation. It's available for free on our website. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can find it at 10goldenrules.com. So here, following the presentation in Costa Rica, is a live recording of the Q&A session um, recorded live from Guanacaste, Costa Rica. Okay, so I'm just going to wrap up. I'm going to summarize and then the question and answer. So golden rule number one, we saw the e-diets example where we tested two different models. We tested a six-step sign-up versus a three-step. The six-step beat the three-step. Then we tested a new six-step. So lots of testing. Uh, the new rules of the Internet is it's very inexpensive, very fast, to do testing. Rule number two, the internet is not television, much more like direct marketing. Lots of testing and evaluation, understanding the math. Number three, create a UVP, a unique value proposition, something free on the website that's going to capture more leads. Create that newsletter. Send that newsletter out on a regular basis. If you build it, they won't just come. You must push, pull, and drive people to your website. Rule number five, subscription models survive. Get people to sign up for your e-newsletter. Or go for those paid models where people pay $5 a month to receive extra value content. Rule number six, remember the four Ps. Online marketing is still marketing. Product, place, price, promotion. Test different pricing options. Promotion, you've got to drive people to your site. Rule number seven, trust is golden. Put those security logos on your site. Make sure people are going to trust you when they sign up for an email or especially for a credit card. Rule number eight, use the right tactic. Pay-per-click and email are great ways to get the traffic to your site, and the newsletter is a great way to build that ongoing relationship with people who come to the site. Rule number nine, the best never rests. Constantly testing and innovating on your site and stay on top of the leading-edge trends. Rule number 10, lead the trends. Trying things like user-generated content. Maybe you can build a community on your website. 
Maybe you can take advantage of a blog or a podcast for your business. So with that, thank you very much, and um, I'll take some questions. This is, this is the interactive portion. Does, does Facebook and LinkedIn and those other sites, when, they, when, you, when you have a link to your website, does that count as, as a, another site linking to your website? That's a great question. Some of those sites have started doing what are called no-follow links, but there's two values to a link. So first of all, a no-follow link is uh, sometimes you'll see a link with a line through it, like a stroke through it. What that means is they've told the search engines not to follow the link because those sites don't just want a lot of people who want links just for the sake of links. However, that link is still a live link. You click on it, you follow it. Now, there's two values to a link. Number one is the search engine value, that if you have links to your site, it's telling Google and the other search engines, there's something valuable on this site. Go over here and check it out. And you're getting points in Google's algorithm for every site that links to your site. But the second value of a link is when someone sees your site on Facebook and they click that link, they come to your site. It really drives traffic to your site. So, you know, Facebook and some of the large sites have turned off the linking value, the linking algorithm portion of it, but they certainly can still drive a lot of traffic to your website. Say your name and your website if you want. Tell us your blog. Yeah, your name. Okay, and your blog. my name is Charlie from seocharlie.com. Do you think the power of newsletter is the same as the power of the blogs? It's because I, I use a blog. I mean, that's my main website, and I'm doing. Good. So do you think it's the same? That's a great question. Is the power of a newsletter the same as the power of a blog? You know, a lot of times I say that the blogs are the new newsletters because people subscribe to blogs through email, and they get an email every time you do a new blog post, and more importantly through RSS feeds or really simple syndication. So basically when you sign up to follow a blog, you get a notification either on your reader or on your if you've customized a My Google page or a My Yahoo page. So the readers of your blog, if they sign up to follow your feed, every time you do a new blog post, it comes up right on their web page or in their reader, like a lot of people are using Google Reader or blog lines or different readers. So in effect, a blog has the same sort of function as a newsletter. People subscribe to it through different methods and they get the information. The other part of the answer is I believe that an e-newsletter is very, very powerful for a couple of other reasons. Some people are still less sophisticated. They're not going to subscribe by RSS, and they still want to get that old-fashioned email in their box, an e-newsletter. The other thing is the e-newsletter functions great for the search engines. You add those articles to your website, optimize them with keyword terms, and then each article serves as a term of search engine optimized content. So ideally, you do both, but pick one and do it well, and then maybe add the second function for different people who like to get their information in different ways. Some people here are doing a lot of newsletter stuff, but they are doing like an image. You know, that's the wrong, you know, that's wrong. I think yeah. they, they have to use like a real content for the SEO purposes. That's a great point. Your newsletter should be resident on your page as an HTML, real web content that the search engines can read. If it's, a, if it's an image, like it's like a picture on your website and the search engines can't read that. A picture is worth a thousand words is the old expression and it is. But a picture of a newsletter is worth nothing to Google really because and the other search engines, they just see that as an image and they, they know that they can read the name of it and that's it, the name of the image. Oh, it's Trevor Chilton, uh, Gardens of Dreams, Costa Rica.com. Relating to when you were talking about the images, because there was one on one of your blogs talking about Flash and that any website 
done with Flash was not search engine friendly. It's the same thing here. It's an, And yet I see lots using Flash, but that seemed to me like it would be the kiss of death. Yeah, it is. It is still the kiss of death. There's some promise that Google's going to read Flash a little bit better. But essentially, those are those websites that have the fancy moving images and stuff like that. The secret is you can build a little Flash function on your homepage. But make sure your website's built in HTML or another language that the search engines can read and put that image contained in the HTML on the page. So you can still have the flash functionality. You can still have an image that shows a bunch of beautiful pictures of Costa Rica destinations, for example. But don't build the site in flash because if the whole site is built in flash, it's very, very hard for the search engines to read it. It functions like an image. Question sort of directed at Charlie with... Because when you were going and analyzing his site, it was was it the links you had a humongous number? Yeah. How did you get? What was it? That's a great question. So Char- Charlie's blog is Charlie's website is a blog, and he's got like nine thousand links to the blog. How do you, how did you build so many links to the blog? Well, maybe um, I I love to travel, so I have been attending you know different conferences, and I met people. And I and I joined, you know, like forums, online forums. That's why maybe I got too many inbound links. I don't do a lot of on my blog. That's the people who mentioned me and probably put a link on on my blog. And those are the best kind of links. Like the best kind of links are naturally occurring links, where people find a reason to link to you. They something an interesting article on your blog or or an interesting maybe you do a summary of a conference you saw and they link to it. They say, hey, here's a really interesting analysis of this conference and maybe that's why they're linking <laughs> charlie said too many links i said too many links would be like too much money too happy <laughs> too much sex <laughs> yeah there's no such thing as too many links i had an, another area in particular and considering that uh, those in the tennis area it's to put it mildly heavily real estate related with the current real estate market and especially the the meltdown with the u.s market that is that i see five years plus it's going to be in the sewer this is having effect here from what I've seen, especially in certain price ranges, uh, the 300000 to 700000 unit market from others I've talked to is not doing well at all. So one major concern I have, especially in our own business, I'm more concerned with the rental market and the international tourism market because a lot of these sites and whatnot is all going after, if you want to call it, uh, the gringo customer. But there's another world out there in certain markets in that we are not getting a lot of people in Costa Rica to. For example, when on the last ITC, which is the Tourism Institute's stats, I saw we get like 5,000 Japanese. Well, this week there's 5,000 in Banff, Canada. You know, so there's certain markets. So the thing is, uh, I was looking for you know suggestions as to how to break into. I think you need mountains and snow. <laughs> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have mountains, but a little yeah. shy on the snow. Um, is how to break into more of those international markets, and especially looking at Europe right now, because it's like we're on sale. I mean, uh, anybody in, uh, trading on a euro is like coming here on a 50% discount. So it's a, a major market that needs to be paid attention it's a, it's to. And a great now the oncoming Chinese market, too, are starting to travel. I mean, Japanese have traveled for years, and you'd certainly think they'd be more here because they love the Gulf, and Gulf here is dirt cheap. It's a great question, and I think one of the opportunities for international is you can actually target a Google campaign and Yahoo and MSN, the other search engines. You can target a pay-per-click campaign by country. So when people search terms like Caribbean vacation or Caribbean golf resort or Caribbean real estate, 
you could target that so only someone searching in Japan would see that search information. Unique travel, eco travel, and you can buy Google ads. It would only appear when someone did that search in Japan or China or Europe. And then you could target your ad. You could say 50% off the cost of travel. Use your powerful euro in Costa Rica. Beautiful eco destination. And the little ads can be targeted to the type of things that people are searching for. Website and then you've got your description. What about changing it to Japanese? Great point. You can actually have those ads translated. There's a number of translators who will do you know local country language translation. So the Spanish here is not the same as the Spanish in Spain, etc. And you can have the ads translated. You can figure out the keyword phrases, get those translated. There's a number of great translation services on the internet. As well as create one or two pages, like just a landing page on your site in the language you're targeting. So when the Japanese person comes, maybe there's two or three of the most important pages on your site translated to Japanese. Again, you can do that relatively inexpensively with a number of services on the web. In fact, for the SEO purposes, uh, we call that a local search. So if you can, if you are trying to get some Costa Rican people, try to get a hosting company in Costa Rica, domain name Costa Rica, COCR, and maybe an Spanish version for the website. That's the best, you know, you can do. Yeah, that's a great point. You could also, those pages that you create can then be valuable for the search engines. So find out what Japanese people are searching for, what Chinese people are searching for, what Europeans are searching for, and develop content, natural content, about what it is they're searching for. Focus on the golf, focus on the the natural ecotourism. Create SEO pages because you're going to come up on those left-hand side results. My name is Soraya Diaz from the Beach Times newspaper. It's thebeachtimes.com. And it probably could do with a lot of what you've been talking about here. But uh, my question was, it seems like a lot of the examples that you've used for successful websites are U.S.-based or have started with people in the U.S. And it seems like there's still a very large void beyond um, the United States in terms of internet marketing. Would that apply to countries like third world countries that are still you know, developing education where people have more access to computers and so on? I mean, how do you see that? I think there's two answers to that question. One is that the, the beauty of the internet is it really levels the playing field. There's people from all around the world marketing at that valuable U.S. market, and there's no reason why they aren't on equal footing with someone in, in Omaha. Um, because the internet, you know, Google is, opens it up to everybody. The search engines are equal opportunity to everybody, and the internet's equal opportunity to anybody. So it allows you to market to the U.S. and Canada and Europe and all the industrialized nations. And additionally, tremendous opportunity for the local country to take advantage of the internet. As people come online, there's no greater customer than a newbie. And we all went through this, right? When you first discovered the internet, how much time did you spend surfing the internet every day? Three hours, four hours, seven hours, right? So as new people get access to the internet, they get broadband, as you say, the second world and third world countries are getting computers more and more access to the internet, broadband, high-speed access. They're spending more time just discovering things. And so another model that's very, been very, very effective is a lot of, and we, we saw examples in the presentation, a lot of sites are creating a regional country version of a, site, of a site that's been successful somewhere else in the world. We saw a couple versions of Craigslist that people created. 
We saw a couple versions of MySpace and Facebook that people have created. And create a social community site for your country that, t- that plays off a successful brand or website that's been developed somewhere else in the world. You mentioned about testing multiple ads on pay-per-click. So how many ads can one, is it practical to actually test? The, the answer to that really depends on how much traffic's coming through. What you want to do is not water your statistics down to the point where they're not reliable, statistically reliable. So you saw in our example, we, had, we were testing six ads. If, you, if, you're not, if you don't have a lot of traffic in a particular ad group, we recommend testing three or four ads. And then you get a pretty clear direction that you know, one ad's getting maybe a 3% click-through rate and one ad's getting a 1% click-through rate. So we just kill the, the ad that's getting 1% and we write a new ad that's similar to the one that's getting the 3% click-through rate. And you're constantly improving the performance of the campaign by getting the better ads and weeding out the worst ads. There's also a button you can click on your Google campaign to only show the best performers. So Google will naturally skew towards the ads that perform better. Okay, so next up, let's get the scoop from the team at 10 Golden Rules in our Live from the Blog segment. First up is Jeff. An open letter to Yahoo and MSN search departments to whom it may concern at Yahoo Search Marketing and Microsoft Ad Center. For the fourth quarter of 2007, Google Sites brought in an excess of $3.12 billion in revenue. The majority of that was from AdWords. Considering Google gets at least 65% of all searches worldwide, I am sure the search revenue from your sites was significantly less. There are several reasons why revenue from Google AdWords is significantly more than your site, but one of the main reasons is advertisers like myself have a tool called AdWords Editor at our disposal to manage our pay-per-click campaigns. I've discussed the benefits of AdWords Editor on numerous blog posts, and yet there's been no similar application launched by either of your departments. AdWords Editor launched on October 13, 2006, and that was almost a year and a half ago. In all of this time, you have not been able to at least release a beta test to select advertisers. I understand a while back you were both busy. I have not heard much from either of you. So I'm asking. No, I'm begging either of you to please release a similar application within the year. That should give you both plenty of time. I can guarantee the amount of money my company spends on your networks will increase fourfold within a year from that date. And I'm willing to bet that numerous other companies will significantly increase their budgets as well. If you need an individual to alpha test a version, please do not hesitate to contact me. I'd be happy to work with you on this essential product. I anxiously await both of your responses. Jeff Novak, Jeff at 10goldenrules.com. Hi, my name is Allison, and I am going to discuss online reputation management. When it comes to building positive awareness about your brand name product or company name, it can take a long time to build a solid online identity. Nowadays, for many people, the first place they go to for information, whether it be about a product or a news story, is one of the major search engines. They rely on the content they find online to keep them up to date. More specifically, they usually rely on the content they find on the first page of that search engine. For this reason, online reputation management is vital and should not be overlooked. There are many SEO marketing tactics that can help you manage your online reputation by filling up the front page of Google with fresh content, moving potentially negative content to other pages. Some of these ways are by creating your own website, blogging, press releases, creating a Squidoo lens, submitting videos to YouTube, and creating social network profiles such as Facebook and LinkedIn. 
These blogs, social profiles, and articles will get picked up for your brand name on the first page of a search result. This content can help shape public opinion through internet reputation management. Hi everybody, this is Michael, and I'm going to answer the question, does pinging work anymore? First, I'd like to discuss what is pinging. Well, pinging is when you let the search engines know that your site or blog has been updated. There are several free sites you can ping at, including Pingomatic, Ping My Blog, and Google. Most of us actually ping daily without even knowing it. In fact, some web services ping for you, like webpress.com. According to Google, you should ping your blog and website every time updates are made so that the search engine spiders can crawl your site and recognize the new content. So, for the few minutes that it takes to ping your website and your blog, it's definitely worth doing and can only help increase your popularity in the search engines. Hi, this is Susan and my topic is 5 Interesting Twitter Sites and Tools. Just like email, Twitter, a microblogging social network, is something that I personally cannot live without. For me, Twitter is a way to know what's going on in the world, discover new things, and engage in interesting conversations and ideas. I recently found some interesting sites and tools that the Twitter user would find interesting. The first one is Twirl, spelled T-W-H-I-R-L, which is a desktop Twitter client that does a lot of things the Twitter site does and more. You can get updates and notifications from all your Twitter friends automatically as well as direct messages and replies. There is also a way to shorten your URLs without going to another site. I use it and I think it, it's a great tool compared to the other Twitter clients I've tried. Are you curious about who is as obsessed with Twitter as you? With Twitterholic.com you'll be able to see the top users, how many followers and friends they have as well as how many updates. It's interesting to see that Barack Obama is number one in the Twitter universe with 15,886 followers and has only updated his Twitter feed 84 times. Talk about a big following. Interested about the 2008 election? The third site I found is Politweets, which finds tweets about all the presidential candidates and syndicates them. There is even a page of each of the candidates with their latest tweet and links to other information about them. Number four. TwitPic is a way to share your pictures to your Twitter friends. All you need to do is log in with your username and password and upload a picture, which will then update your Twitter feed with a link to that picture. And last but not least, number five, which is TwitThis, which is a plugin for your blog that you can implement to each blog post to make it easier for other people to link to it on Twitter. All you need to do is log into your Twitter account and the URL will automatically be shortened and placed in your Twitter feed. You can find all the links to these sites on the show notes page of this week's podcast. Hi, this is Anthony. My podcast entry today is about DIY ad networks. An ad network is a group of publishers, websites, emailers that can drive traffic to a website. The latest wave of do-it-yourself ad networks includes a soon-to-be-released product from DoubleClick. It was announced in industry trade news this week that DoubleClick is launching a product to enable publishers to create their own ad networks. This new offering, dubbed an Ad Network Builder, is intended to help publishers find untapped revenue potential within their sites. The system will enable publishers on DoubleClick's Dart platform to create and manage their own ad networks, including payments, metrics, and other management functions. Another company, Turn, utilizes a similar DIY model, which has already gone through a year-long beta phase and is now at the forefront of online advertising. 
Through Turn's self-service and management system, advertisers bid an amount per impression or type of action, whether that action is a click or a lead. When the Turn system gets an ad request, it searches its database for the best ad to serve to that user based on factors including site analysis, past performance, content category, user information, and type of action. Turn stands apart from competitors by combining contextual, audience, behavioral, and other targeting methods to serve the optimal ad placement. Hi, this is Margie. Back in May of 2005, Business Week produced a story called Blogs Will Change Your Business. Recently, after noting they missed mention of social media in the first story, they posted an update called Social Media Will Change Your Business. This nine-page article, written in blog form, shows the progression of blogging, podcasting, and other social media. It gives specific tips and references some of the biggest stories our industry has had relevant to social media. From the advent of Steve Rubell's micro-persuasion blog to Adam Curry cementing his reputation as podfather. It's a boon to our industry when mainstream media reports so deeply into the emergence of social media. In addition, they're calling for all companies to catch up or catch you later when it comes to social media in general. As usual, great job by the team. Now let's get to our featured interview. Recorded this section live at the 10 Golden Rules Internet Marketing Boot Camp in Las Vegas. It's an event we held in conjunction with Affiliate Summit. It was an absolutely great day, and one of the featured speakers was Ron Caparelli, the CEO of LifeScript.com. LifeScript is a multi-million, super-duper success story on the Internet. And I know Ron from eDiets, where he was the number two guy at the company, he has a blue chip resume, including a stint at iVillage, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit about his background in the show. He's now the CEO of this incredible company based in Orange County, California, just south of L.A. He's a good friend of mine. He's a really top internet expert. Listen to everything he has to say. Here he is following his presentation at the 10 Golden Rules Internet Marketing Boot Camp. Okay, thank you so much. Everyone's agreed to stick around and answer a few questions for the podcast. Tell us quickly about your background, and then we'll get into some of the content. I guess you'd call me a serial entrepreneur. I started out at school at Goldman Sachs on Wall Street, trading uh, over-the-counter stocks, and quickly figured out that that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to be out building something rather than be a cog in the wheel making somebody else money. So started a bunch of small companies that didn't do very well and eventually fe- fell into the internet and literally by answering an ad in the paper from the founder of eDiets eventually became employee number three at, at eDiets back when it was an offline company. The original how, how much were you making on that original employment deal? Uh, absolutely zero. It was, a, it was a work for equity deal. One of the classic back in the day work for equity deals. The offline product failed and so before the founder decided to close his doors, he figured he'd take one more chance and gave me a battlefield promotion to go learn the world of Internet marketing. And that was when AOL was doing greenhouse projects, you know, way back in the day. And, you know, the only real place to advertise was Yahoo keywords and, and AOL keywords and so on. And so we sort of bootstrapped the business up. So we went through eDiets, took a hiatus in my career at eDiets uh, to work for iVillage, was... Uh, general manager of their sales operation. I spent two years there and then came back to eDiets to finish the job. And I left eDiets when, Jay, in 01? Something like that? Yeah. 
01, 02, 02 probably, to become a consultant. And I was a, a sort of a long-term consultant for thestreet.com, for LifeScript, and, uh, and also the Globe. It was probably about two years with all three of them. And eventually settled as LifeScript, uh, with LifeScript as their CEO. Tell us a little bit about the interesting transition you've made at LifeScript. We knew it as a vitamin company, and now you've really become a publishing company. Explain that transition and how you made it happen. Yeah, it was a transition born out of necessity. I mean, we, we, the company was founded as a, as a product-driven company by the beginning, the middle of, of 05, when Internet advertising rates really started to go through the roof. It became harder and harder to market products effectively, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are going through the same thing. And uh, we decided one day, you know, if we can't beat them, join them. The money was in, was in advertising. So we were lucky that we had a newsletter base of uh, a million subscribers at the time, and we decided to build on that. And we launched the portal, LifeScript.com, hired an editorial team, begun to hire a sales team, and tried to figure out different ways to generate traffic. At eDiets, you managed the fifth largest internet advertising buy in the world. Describe some of the wins back in the day, and talk about how this section of the industry has cooled down. I think the biggest win was, was the Microsoft deal. I mean, that was a deal at the time that nobody had ever heard of before. Everybody said couldn't be done, including the people at eDiets and the people at Microsoft. <laughs> we ended up with a uh, real multifaceted $10 million contract with Microsoft, and we owned all of the diet, fitness, and, and women's eyeballs on MSN. It was a big win for us, both for the brand and for traffic and selling the product. I think that was the biggest, the biggest thing. I don't really think those deals exist anymore for companies like us, uh, like we were, for, for, for merchants. Um, it's just impossible. That deal was done. You know, if you remember, when we started eDiets back in 96, ad rates were, were, were way high. And then when the bubble burst, they went from 20 to $40. I remember we were selling ads on iVillage for $40 a thousand, and they were actually working. Then the bubble burst, and those same, those same ads were going for $5 a thousand. And that was the time where we were able to buy CPM-based advertising for a business like eDiets that was actually selling a product and have it work. And really, the only gating factor was how much traffic could you get. And the more traffic you bought, the lower the rates got. Now, the more traffic you buy, the higher the rates get. And uh, it's, it's just a different world. I remember one of the exciting days for us at eDiets was always January 2nd or 3rd, whatever the first Monday was yeah, in the new was, year. That was always the biggest, <laughs> the biggest day of the year. And you negotiated the, the homepage, the big banner on the homepage of MSN and AOL. And we just had to fight from bringing down the servers. <laughs> yeah, you see, see the sort of lights start to dim in the building. It was the highest traffic day we ever had. Uh, but those, those were the good old days. You were one of the first people I previewed on the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing presentation. Ron and I sat down for lunch, and I took him through the first draft of the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing. And I don't know if you remember your reaction, but at the end of it, you said, this is like salt and pepper. What did you mean by that, and how do you think the Internet's changed? Well, you have to understand, this was, that conversation happened when? In, in 2003. 2003, and both Jay and I had been in the, the business for years by the, at that point. And so explaining the rudiments of you know, driving traffic to a landing page and how to, how to get conversion rates up and, and you know, doing head-to-head -head testing and A-B testing, that was old news to us, and you know, I, I was like, I can't believe anybody would find this actually, actually find this interesting because we were immersed in it every day. But to 99.9 percent .9 of the rest of the world, it was new news. 
Today, I think the, the lexicon has really changed. I mean, the, you know, there was no such thing as search marketing as it, as it is today. So as you said, you know, there was no such thing as Google, really. So I yeah, think the, the, Google's the, the, the new the, salt and pepper. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, those two kids were, were still yeah. at Stanford, and now they're worth about $40 billion. Right, right. So Google, Google's the new, and search marketing in general is the new salt and pepper, I think. What are the best ways to drive traffic to a site today if the ad rates have gotten too expensive? For real direct marketers. Totally, totally depends on your objective. If you're trying to sell a product, if you're trying to support a, a one-page blog or, uh, or a small site and, and do the sort of the long-tail approach, have 100 sites that generate X, or if you're trying to build a brand like LiveScript is building and, and trying to really build mass and scale, then there's the newsletter model, Courage newsletter model, and, and paid search. It really all depends on the, the objective. So explain CoReg. How does it work, and how do you drive subscribers and traffic from CoReg? Well, the, the whole concept is rather than waiting for somebody to land on your site, you want to go out and grab them. And the only way to go out and grab them is to sort of force your content in front of them. And the most efficient and reputable way to do that is to offer them, get the content in front of them packaged in, in a way that they actually like and find valuable in the form of a newsletter. So what we do is we, have, we, we send a, a daily health and wellness newsletter out there called Healthy Advantage. Lands in somebody's inbox every day. Every day there's a lead article, which also happens to be the feature article on the site. And our hope is that somebody opens up that newsletter, starts to read the first paragraph of the article, and then wants to continue. So they click out of that newsletter onto our site and then finish the article, thereby generating page views, more page views on our site, maybe click on a related article or take a related quiz and generate even more page views. And a page view is an advertiser eyeball because every page they view, there's two or three ads on the page, right? Right. And you're selling advertising. Page views means ad views, and ad views means money for us. That's how we make our money. Expand a little bit on co-registration, co-reg- yeah, co-re- but, but a lot of people wouldn't be familiar with it. Yeah. Where do you find it? How do you buy it? Co-registration is really the, the way you generate the subscriber. Anybody who's been to a site that sells anything that has a conversion process or a sign-up process, you, you probably see a, a page in, somewhere embedded in the process that has a bunch of other sort of offers. The offer, as I said, that we have is a daily free health and wellness newsletter. And there are aggregators out there that go out and buy up that space and then sell, sell those eyeballs to people like us, and we pay for the resulting subscriber. So we pay, on average, about $0.35 cents for a subscriber. We know once they, once they get the newsletter, how often they'll click onto the site. Once they click onto the site, how many page views they'll generate, how many ad views that generates, and how much revenue. And we know that there's about a three-to-one return for us over time. I always use the example of maybe like a Hotmail. You go sign up for a free email account, and you'll see a page of a bunch of offers. You know, get four free editions of Reader's Digest. Get a weekly health and wellness e-newsletter. And when you click on one of those boxes, that's, in effect, a co-registration. You've authorized Hotmail to sell Ron your permission to send you his health and wellness e-newsletter. That's essentially it. The other area you mentioned being very successful in driving traffic is paid search, and you have a, a unique take on that as well. Talk about how many keywords you have out there and how you're going about using paid search to get e-newsletter subscribers. Yeah, we do paid search against uh, some 
call it 3,000 articles out there today, and we use about a half a million keywords and phrases to drive traffic to those articles. And we've got a department of, I think it's up to six people now, that manages that process, the bidding process, the tracking process, generating the, uh, the article itself and getting it ready, quote-unquote, ready for search, generating the keywords and so forth. It's a big business for us, and it's going to get bigger. Our, our aim is to sort of double the volume of articles that we have out there by, uh, by the end of the year. One of the questions we ask everyone on the podcast is what Internet websites or online tools are you using for personal or business productivity? What blogs are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? I'm a dinosaur. The one thing that drives me nuts about this business is that it takes the sort of personality and the, the personal side out of it. I mean, we have a, I literally have a, our highest revenue producing salesperson does most of her business on IM. I mean, that's instant right, message. On an instant messenger versus, you know, the old school method of calling accounts and visiting accounts, and it works for her, but that's what the world's because. So I've steadfastly re- resisted all of that. I still pick up the sec- pick up the telephone. I have a secretary that helps, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, I go the low-tech method. But no, besides, of course, keeping up with 10goldenrules.com. Uh, yeah. Here, here's the five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Forbes.com publishes every year their list of uh, the 25 most influential bloggers. And just about everybody on that list is really interesting, and you can you can find a, a good tip or snippet from, from anybody on that list. So I, I just tend to periodically brew and, and monitor what, what those folks are saying. I'm a fan of uh, Calacanis.com because I, I met Jason Calacanis a long time ago, way back in the day at, when I was at iVillage, and he was a Silicon Alley reporter. Jason Calacanis is actually the keynote speaker on Monday at this show at Affiliate Summit. So I, I check his site uh, just about every day. There's always some, some good stuff going on there. I think that's about it. So let's take a couple questions from all of you. I know Charles had one. You mentioned that, that only about 6% of your traffic comes from natural search. If you were to do two things that would increase the strength of your natural search traffic, what would they be? And, uh, and a, a related question would be, how would, you, how would you think it would be best to integrate the integrate paid search and natural search? I think the first thing we have to do to, to uh, increase natural search is really to get out of our own way. I'll, I'll tell you just a, a quick little story of how stupid we were. I told you we had some 2,000 articles out there that we did paid search against, and that was separate from our in-house produced premium content. Well, because of the way that was housed on the site, we found out eight months later that it was walled off in such a way that it wasn't uh, able to be crawled. And So Google couldn't read it. So far and away, the, the lion's share of the content housed on the site was just not available for organic search. So we, needless to say, we've corrected that. We're in the, we're in the process of evaluating that. We've just hired somebody that's going to help us um, uh, really take a good, hard look at organic search. So I think the answer to your question is probably at the next podcast because I, I don't know the answer to it. And um, how about integrating paid and natural? I don't think one is, I don't think they're mutually uh, exclusive and I think that you can have, you know, you can produ- probably produce one article and do both paid and, and natural search against it. So I think it's a pretty easy integration. I mean, the really fascinating thing Ron, Ron mentioned that, that I was amazed, they're bidding on 500,000 keyword phrases. 500,000 different word phrases, and most of them nobody else is bidding on. 
So you're not bidding on health. You're yeah, not bidding the, on diabetes. Yeah, that's, that's the one tip that I would, that I would give you is, is don't bother competing at the very, very high volume words that are very, very expensive. Our average cost per click is five cents. And so, you know. Yeah, just, and we have some clients paying $99 a click. Yeah. You know, so just go. My, my advice is to go high volume. Bre- breadth of breadth, keywords. Breadth versus individual volume. And the sum of the, sum of the, the aggregate sum will be the traffic that you need. Let's get a couple more questions from the audience. Hi, Justin Lee from uh, Mitria Shopping, the owners of ShopMighty.com. Got a question. Um, p- seems to be purely focused on internet marketing only. Have you blended traditional marketing methods with your internet methods to potentially boost that and kind of keep more mainstream? Generating in order to generate traffic? No, um, I think on the on the Amen. list. Yeah. Well, it is amen, but I think it's in order for us to get to the next level, we're going to have to. And we're going to have to be out there competing with the PR budgets of the WebMDs and Revolution Healths of the world. You know, when Steve Case, who runs Revolution Health, uh, shows up in a room, that's instant PR. Uh, When I show up in a room, it's not so much. So, you know, in order to get, in order to get there, it requires a multi-million dollar PR budget and uh, a lot of advertising. And up till now, we haven't had the resources to do that. I think we're just now starting to have the resources to do that. And you'll see us doing more of it in the future. And we, we're doing it on, in, in, in two ways. One, sort of B2B, sort of getting us, you know, from an advertiser's perspective, we need to get on the radar screens of the agencies so that when we go calling on the agencies to get their clients to advertise with us, they've heard of us. And it's no longer a risky buy. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a media outlet that they've heard of. So part of it for us is sort of B2B. The other part is B2C, just trying to drive, drive eyeballs through more, tr- more traditional means. But, you know, I lived through that at iVillage, and, you know, we had a I don't know, I think we had a $30 million TV and radio campaign that we ran in the space of six months. Eyeballs went through the roof, and as soon as that $30 million was exhausted, boy, it fell, <laughs> fell right off again. So it's, it's very difficult to do that kind of... To sustain them. Yeah, to sustain it and to do it in a way that's really efficient. Hi, Steve Phelan from uh, Vegas. I'm just wondering uh, how long this arbitrage opportunity is going to last because, as you know, in most financial markets, arbitrage windows close pretty quickly. Uh, Do you see the business model changing as you go forward? uh, We haven't seen it changing. You know, our ability to maintain our current sort of bids have have remained. Uh, We don't feel a whole lot of pressure there. The one thing that will cause some pressure is if Google ever decides to raise their minimum bid. Uh, which there's a lot of reasons why they probably won't. Actually, Ron, explain the arbitrage, how it works. Yeah, so we go out there and we buy. We have an article uh, that we know is a good one. Um, Give me an example. um, Living with diabetes. And uh, we go out and we bid on, for a given article, probably 20 different keywords or phrases that are somehow related to the content in that article. And that average bid is, as I said, call it five, six cents. So we know that it costs us that much to get a visitor to the article. We know that that visitor, just because we've been doing this for so long, is on average going to generate seven page views. And we know what each page view is worth. And we know that we can make a $0.10 spread between what we paid for the visitor and the amount of advertising revenue that the visitor generates for us. And we just do that times 500000 Great question, Steve. Thanks. Okay. Well, thank you, Ron, very much. Thank you. And I thank you all very much.
Well, a big thank you to Ron Caparelli. Uh, I'm sure everyone really enjoyed that. And um, geez, you know, really interesting to hear how you build something of that scale and that scope uh, with uh, using a, a range of different tactics. Uh, big thank you as well to Auction Wally and Mark, our callers. And um, please, you know, take a minute to participate in the show. Give us a call at 206-888-6606. I'd love to hear your comments or questions on a future show. Every week we end the show with a song selection from the Podsafe Music Network. I heard this track on Adam Curry's podcast, The Daily Source Code. Adam is the shaggy-haired MTV VJ who basically invented podcasting. We call him the Podfather. His, his weekly show has a lot of music and commentary and tech stuff. You can find him at www.podshow.com. Now, I had another song queued up for this week, but these guys sound so amazing that I just had to, uh, I had to play it in the show. They sound like the, Bra the Black Crows circa 1990, Shake Your Money Maker. The, the band's called Delilah Y, and let's get going with a song called Walk On By. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. Have a great week, and enjoy the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast. I'm the 
Thank you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. Please send comments and questions to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Or use our call in line 206 888 6606. with Cast Blaster. Ten golden rules for all your internet marketing needs.